Stokes because um, I'm also a nurse practitioner. Okay, Dr. Stokes, Dr. Janae Stokes. How's your day going today, ma'am? Going really well. I'm glad to have you on the show today. Today, you're going to teach us a little bit about finance, right? You're going to sure, yes, help us get our money right? Yes, yes. And especially now, it's really, really important. Yeah, so how did you get started in, in uh, finance? Tell us. So, unfortunately, that's a sad story. Um, my mother-in-law and father-in-law passed away in 2019. Okay. Um, and there was no money. And so, uh, they didn't have any life insurance, any you know, money saved up, anything. So it was just very, very um, uh, financially and emotionally difficult for my family. So once that happened, I um, reached out to a friend of mine who was um, already doing insurance and things like that, doing some financial things. And um, I uh, decided to get my life license um, and I just started learning about finance. And, you know, in our community, this is just a really, really um, important situation. There, there's uh, we we don't have our financial lives together, um, and that just became abundantly clear in my own life. It seemed as if, if if I could put a date on it, it seems as if maybe in the '90s, early 2000s, is when the middle class really kind of took root as far as the African American community of okay. uh, kind of starting over from uh, Black Wall Street and all of that. And now it seemed as if we were getting it seemed like we were getting a hang of having money then. And now trying to get the hang of having an abundance of money and knowing what to do with it and having good credit at the same time, being kind of, you know, well-rounded, so to speak, when dealing with your, your finances and knowing what's all involved in that. Right, right. I think there's a lot of knowledge that's now available to people, too. So that may be why maybe, you know, people are starting to realize that this is an issue. Um, and then also, too, um, there's just a lot going on, you know, um, mm -hmm. as far as our finance um, and then the different things that are affecting it, you know, with things like COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So right now we, we have this we have COVID then we have the holiday season is coming up, coming up on us. Uh, we right. just had the election that was extremely emotional. How would you right. suggest uh, that we spend our money during this holiday? Um, with so much uncertainty out there. Yes, yes, um, yes. Because everything is so uncertain, I would say just don't do not spend beyond your means. Um, you know, just really try to save because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, even next year, we don't know, uh, you know, how everything is going to turn out. Um, you have places that have been in business for decades that are going out of business. So, you know, this is a very serious situation for everybody. Yeah, you know, I, I was at a cleaner's uh, yesterday and I stopped at one that was closer to my, my house and they told me, well, they, I can turn it in. Yesterday was Wednesday, was Thursday. He said, I can turn it in today, but I won't get it back to Saturday or Monday and because they're only cleaning like every two days because they don't have that many customers coming in. Wow. And, you know, I was like, wow. So I actually wanted it back sooner than that. And it didn't seem as if it was... You know, I just didn't feel like comfortable with leaving my clothes there. So I took it to another cleaners that was doing pretty well. You know, I had been using that um, for the most part of the year anyway. So I went back to that particular place. But just I can just see the impact of COVID is having on small business. And I wonder what type of impact they're having on the insurance companies with so many people dying in the U.S. And Well, if, if they don't have insurance, then it won't really be an impact on them. Well, I'm saying, I was thinking of the insurance companies themselves and, and how well, much they're well, paying out as far as death well, is concerned because of COVID. Okay. You know. 
Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so um, the thing is, uh, people actually have uh, less insurance than they've had um, in, you know, in America. Um, so, I'm, I'm not sure if that's, you know, if they're really being affected. Okay. Let me put it that way. Okay. Uh, so what about? Because if, if, you know, if they don't have it, then they don't have to pay out. Yeah. So in our community, what what do you think is the percentage of our community that have um, life insurance or some type of life insurance? Um, I think the the uh, percentage is low. I um, I tried to look that up and you know look and find some numbers for you, but I wasn't uh, successful in finding that. I was only um, I looked and found uh, like overall. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so. I found that overall, we all have less insurance than we've had. And then a lot of people um, are covered under their job insurances. And the only issue with that, well, not only, but one of the issues with that is that what if you lose your job? What if they close? What if you leave? What if your health changes? What if, you know, like, so um, that's why it's um, a very good option to have your own personal uh, owned insurance. Now, and also for me, I always, I always felt like um, if I'm, when I'm going to die, and the day that I that day comes, I want to, which is I hope is long off, but I want to be able to leave my kids in a better place than what they were, right? Yes, I want to put them on a different level. And um, I, I've heard, you know, some people say, I don't want to do that. It's, that's too much money to leave. I, I don't understand that thinking. I just do not understand that. Like I want, I want to have my insurance policy that's going to put them on a separate, on a different level. And then I hope that they're adults and then they'll have a separate policy for, for me also that help escalate that. And what do you think about that? How much is, is enough insurance or is there a such thing? Right. So um, I think that's an excellent uh, point you made. Um, I really think it's important for us um, in our community to leave our family a legacy. Um, that is one of the things that we are not doing. And I, and I really uh, like that you brought that up, um, you know, that we're like, oh, that's too much money. It's like, why? You know, um, that's what all the other communities are doing. They yes. are leaving their families with, you know, um, hundreds of thousands of dollars sometimes, you know, with property, with gold, with diamonds, with, the, you know, they're leaving them with something. So they're not starting over, over and over and over again. And I really think specifically as it relates to our community, um, that's what's happening is that when somebody passes away because they're leaving a bill and not a will, you know, mm-hmm. um, that it's, it's having the person start over and over and over every time. And it's, and, um, we can't prosper. Uh, there was an article, um, called uh, road to zero wealth and, um, black people are, uh, purported to, we're going to be worth right now. We're worth about $2,400, um, and uh, um, yes, and Caucasians are worth about 130,000 in general. Uh, and this is not including your house. Um, and um, we're uh, on our road, to, on the road to become worth zero. Wow. You know, in the next 20 years. Yeah, that's that's, so kind that's of how bad it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's how bad it is. When you hear those uh, so numbers, think, it hurt. When you hear those numbers, yeah. it hurts. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I'm just so passionate about this. Um, in my um, other uh, professional life, I'm a nurse practitioner and I, you know, do medical things. And I never really cared about this um, until, you know, it, it uh, impacted me in such a personal way. Mm-hmm. And so I might, that is my goal to, to help people to not feel that, you know, to not go through that and learn 
uh, um, themselves. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, I mean, that those numbers, it, it truly did send shockwaves um, through. Wow. That's a huge difference and a huge gap. We always knew there was a gap, but to hear it like that is is monumental. Mm-hmm. And that and that goes back to just how we start over and over and over mm-hmm. and over. You know, like if if um, you know through a person's uh, lifespan, if they don't leave anything, then you know zero, and then start again. And then also zero, zero also again. also what they may leave behind bills or yes. things like that that you have to yes. you wind up being on the hook for. Um, so I, I actually, so I'm, I'm guessing you would say then, then whatever amount of insurance that you can afford, then that's what you should get. Um, okay. So yes, there's actually a, um, an equation. So it goes by, um, your, like, how much is your house? How, how much do you owe in your house? How much debt do you have? Um, your children, their, um, their education expenses, things like that. And then you would, um, add those things together. And then that's how much insurance you would want to get now. Maybe what you want to get and what you can get may be two different things. Okay. Um, so I would say most important to have something, but if you can afford it, then mm-hmm. we want you to have, you know, uh, what's called um, um, not being underinsured, Okay. which a lot of people are. You know, I have to do those numbers. I, I've never did it that way. I've always looked at the big number and say, okay, that's enough right there. And then I'll get another policy with this amount. And so that makes, you know, okay, that's good for them. I have three a kid so and breaking it up in that way that's what i gotcha. was thinking but and i also wanted you know i made sure but one i think let me know if it's if i did good or not i just want to hear you say it i guess <laughs> i you know i looked at what bills i may leave behind whether and then i looked at the taxes that may come out and i tried to make sure i had over that so okay this is for that particular this is for these bills here the taxes and then you all should get to be able to split these two and get what's left from that first one. And that's what I was attempting to, but I, I didn't break it down in the way that you did, which I think is what I should do. So maybe I have uh, more than enough when I think about it. It sounds like you, you're on the road, you know, like you're on the right path to um, being properly insured. Um, and, you know, definitely can help you out with that. Yeah, and take you. a look at what you have and see if it's, you know, uh, sufficient. Yeah, we need to, we need to do it. We need to run those numbers. I want to make sure that they, they are left in a, uh, great position because no, no one knows today time or the hour so now right, right. Oh, go ahead. getting let's get get on getting on to more of a uh um more what is it the more happier uh subject is the holiday okay. right mm-hmm. so we have single moms out here single dads that are trying to provide for their children in, in this time right now with all these things that just happen it's so emotional for uh for this year um, what advice would you give them on spending for the holiday and not being emotional about it? Yes, yes. I um, And I think that especially when you have a situation where, you know, you want to give children what you've never had and stuff like that. Um, and it's actually, you know, children, they're going to remember the time you spent with them more than they're going to remember the things that you bought uh, for them. You sure? So, I don't yes. know, because my daughter, she really likes the Nikes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, I, I don't well, I mean, know. They always want things, you know, but I, um, I, I just feel like on your deathbed or, or, you know, when she going to definitely say you didn't give me the Nikes. That's what she does. She's going to whisper that right in my ear. You didn't give me, you, you didn't give me those Nikes. That's why you're leaving. That's why you're leaving. <laughs> 
Okay, well, your job might be different. <laughs> no, she's not going to. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, in addition to the things that they want, the children really do want your time, you know? So I think that because time, um, I was going to say it's free, but maybe not. But um, it, mm. it's something that's, I guess, very, it's um, hard to put a, an amount on that. Um, and that's worth more than whatever you can buy them. Uh, yeah. So I would focus on things like that. Um, and then, you know, just still, you know, bring things down to a minimum as far as what you're buying, um, you know, more so necessities versus wants. Um, because, you know, like we said, it, there's still a lot of uncertainty. We're not, yeah. We don't know what's going to happen. So we just really want to, you know, keep uh, the spending down as much as we can. Okay. That's good advice. That's good advice. I'm going to try my best with that. I'm going to try my best. Now, we're talking about kids and spending for the holiday. This is a question. When should we bring up money in a new relationship? Um, yes. So I think as soon as you decide that, or both of you decide that you are moving forward in a relationship, like you're going to be together, then it's time to talk about that uh, because um, it's very important and whatever decisions, especially if you move forward to marriage or, you know, you want to purchase a home together and things like that, it's going to really affect those things. So if you don't talk about it, that could be a really big surprise but when should, you try to move forward to the next thing. Should you, ex how much should you expose though? Say, you, you know, you're dating and you're, you're going to say, well, we're going to be dating exclusively. Right. Okay. And, uh, looking toward that maybe one day if this continues on and you know, maybe we'll get, get married. How much should I expose at that time? Should it just be credit? Like, Hey, how's your credit? How does, how do you bring it up? Like you just bring it up over dinner. Like, Hey, so, you know, uh, what's your credit score? <laughs> Why do you do that? Well, for myself, um, I would feel very happy if, you know, like the, the a man that I was dating said to me, you know, I have plans for you and I would like to discuss, you know, our finances. Oh, that's pretty smooth. Agent fellas, yeah. I hope y'all write so, that down. We have to use that. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty smooth. Well, we as women like to hear that, yeah. that you are, you know, planning um, a life for us, you know. Now, do you think that if if the guy or the, um, the young lady has bad credit and, and is not making that much money, does that a grounds for dismissal to uh, move the relationship on? Or you think how much weight does that have? Um, it carries a lot of weight. It just depends on whether or not that person wants to deal with it. Now, I feel like the person should be upfront and honest about it so that the person can decide if they want to deal with it. Because, you know, like say if a person is in a bunch of IRS debt or, you know, um, a, a bunch of back child support, these are really important things that will affect their relationship going forward. And if it's something that's going to be a deal breaker, then they want to know that, you know, pretty soon, because if, if, if not now, now, you know, later, it'll just be a, a problem then. So it's might, might as well deal with it. Okay. Yeah. Just be upfront and honest, I guess. And yes. she, she get up and walk out after you say, I got that 450. It, it is what it is. I guess yes. you like, no, no, I mean a Benz. That was a Benz. I, I was talking oh, about a Benz. Oh, I was talking about $450,000 worth of debt. No, that, okay. no, I was, but that's just the lie you have to switch on them when they get up and leave. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. So how do you, if someone has a, a bad credit score, like we just mentioned, and uh, 
their finances are not great. What are some of the tools that you would suggest without giving away everything? Because you do want them to reach out to you um, to oh, make yes, sure sir. they do it correctly, right? Which I highly recommend. Okay. Some of the tools well, they we, can use to come back okay. from that. Well, we want to check the credit score for sure. You know, uh, we want so we want to know what it is. We want to dispute the um, inaccuracies. Um, we want to know what our um, debt is, like how much debt do we have. Um, and we also want to create a budget and stick to it because we can't, you know, get out of those things unless we start making a financial plan. Well, man, that budget, it's kind of like sticking to a diet. Mm. Yes, it is. You know, <laughs> it's a diet for your money. <laughs> so, that, you know what? That is a, you know, I, I like that for myself. That's how I'm saying this for myself. So sticking to a diet and sticking to the budget for me kind of line up together. Right. And it's a little difficult to stick to that diet, even though I want that new body and I want that new uh, vehicle or new home, the budget and the diet kind of run hand in hand. Cause sometimes I go to McDonald's when I'm not supposed to. All right. Sometimes I go ahead. You can uh, start with planning. Planning mm -hmm. helps you to keep, you know, on the budget. So like say, you know, you notice you're spending a lot of money on like fast food or something like that then you have to plan and buy food and that'll help with your regular diet too. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to have food already prepared or made so that you don't make a snap decision and go out and, you know, buy whatever. Um, but I like that, uh, that, that you made that similarity because I, I think I'm going to keep that because it, it, it is. Hey, it's what I do. It's, you can use it. It's no problem. No okay, problem. Thank you. I appreciate but, it. <laughs> but, you know, even in that, we still have some out there that will make a plan. Go to the grocery store and have a cart full of food. So this, it is what it is. This is what I'm going to eat for the week. I'm not going to go out and eat. Leave H-E-B or Kroger and go right to Whataburger because it's next door. <laughs> and say, right, well, I'm right. going to start eating this tomorrow. And so I just don't think. So what do you say well, to that person? <laughs> say as long as you get started, that's you're good. Yes. Yes. Also okay. recommend just on a on a life note uh, to write your goals down um, at least once a day mm -hmm. so that you can kind of evaluate. Are you moving towards these goals or not? And kind of, you know, hold you accountable. OK. And that's something that we, I think we should also introduce to our kids. Right. So what age do you think is good to have that discussion and start telling them about credit and finances, things like that? OK, so. Basically, there's a lot of tools out there, um, like a lot of different books <clears throat> that a person can utilize to help them teach their children about money. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, you really want to start as early as possible. Like, um, you know, even when they're about five, you can you can talk about, you know, counting and money and, you know, and things like that and what money is for, mm -hmm. you know, and things like that. So pretty is very early. Because yeah, I remember when I first started, um, I didn't really learn about money. Um, until high school, I believe it was 11th grade and my econ class. And so that's, that's economics class. So that's the first time that I started to hear about the weight of money and, um, how it moves around the world. But you're saying right. that we should start a lot earlier than that. Yes. 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 I think we should. And then I think that that's one of the issues that we have as a um, society is that we don't really have any financial education, um, and, you know, like high school is even, that's, that's, it's not too late, but it's late, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and we're given the keys to our financial life at the age of 18. And then, 
we have no idea what we're doing and you have just enough knowledge to cause enough problems to take years to fix them, you know, like with student loan debt, with credit card debt mm -hmm. and things like that. So that's yeah. why it's really, really important to do it early so that you'll be ready once you're 18 to actually take those keys. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And the, the thing is it brings, when you say that, it just, it just, a light went off in my head that, you know, I didn't hear that if you save $25 a week, uh, when you're 20 and by the time you're, you're 60, you'll be a millionaire and things like that. But right. uh, I had to look back and say, well, why y'all wait till I get 35 to tell me that, you know, so right. that is, that is, you know, one of the things I believe that I want to let them know early on. Yes. All right. So. so you're not like myself, um, you know, in my thirties when I learned what, you know, I mean, I knew about compound interest, mm -hmm. but I didn't understand it, you know, en enough to apply it. Um, and so, yes, these are things that, um, our children should know about so that they can apply them. And then by the time they're our age, they'll have a significant amount of money in the bank. Yeah. Cause I remember seeing that word in, in, e in economics class in the book, what it meant mm -hmm. or, you know, how it applied to my life. I had no idea. I was just trying to pass the class and move on. Right. All right. So that's all. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right. I don't know what you're talking about, man. Just did I get a D or C? What are we doing? That's, mm -hmm. that's what exactly. mama got to come or am I good? Which one is it? So that's, that's what I was concerned with. Now, speaking of compound interest and letting your kids know about finances, should we invest now with this new administration coming in and one going out or should we wait? What is, what are your thoughts on that? So you really want to first have um, something. Have you ever heard of the three buckets, um, three buckets of money? Yes, I have. Okay. I don't remember. So I have. I, I, yes, I have. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. So the three buckets of money are an emergency fund, um, a gold fund, mm -hmm. and then a retirement fund. Mm -hmm. So those things are the most important things we want to have set up before we start investing. And we really want to um, remember that investing is a long-term goal. So it's not, it really doesn't matter who's, you know, what, um, who's in, in power right now, Democrats, Republicans, whatever, um, because you're investing over 20 years, over, you know, things like that. This is not like a get rich quick scheme. So not like the commercial like with the with the man on the boat and the young girl. That's not gonna happen overnight. <laughs> like <laughs> now, tomorrow. A birth you can invest in that's possible. <laughs> but it's also possible to have major losses when you're talking about that in and out with the money. Okay. You know? Damn. Yes. That's yeah. not cool. But okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> but on the long term, when you're talking about long term investing, mm -hmm. then like I said, it's not gonna matter about the, you know, what government what the government's doing and all that kind of stuff like that. And the um, the stock market has never lost money on a 20-year uh, stretch since its inception. Okay. So how much, so you have the three buckets and then, so there's a fourth basically right for the investment. Should we say it like that? Um, yes. If you're talking about like, um, you know, I'm trying to make some income, I'm trying to do some extra things. Yes. Then I would say, yes, that's like the fourth bucket. But um, want to make sure that those three buckets are fully funded before we go doing that, because in, in that situation, then um, losses are always possible. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to, you know, say if you don't have any um, emergency fund and then you lose your job. Okay. And then you lose your stock. Now, what are you going to do? So, and then you're going to be pulling out of your retirement. So should you, you that. should you balance? So how much did you put in each? Or is there? Okay, so the emergency fund you want to have um, three to six three to six months worth of um, living expenses. So you know, for whatever would happen, 
And then, you know, the goal fund is going to be for a year or more. And that's for like uh, saving up for um, uh, vacations, um, saving up for a car, things like that. Um, and then the retirement, you know, that's going to be ongoing for at least okay. 30 years. Okay, I got it. Now, I'll, I'll give you my one of my one of my horror stories because I, I think I have just a few uh, okay. as far as money. Um, when I was uh, younger, I was 26, 27, and I worked at uh, American Axle back in Detroit. And I tell you, I was bringing home about 1300 a week. Oh, and that's a lot of money because when was that? This was 97, 98. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of money then. Go ahead. And, I, and my bills, all of them, car note, house note, and everything was 1100 a month. Wow. So you had a nice amount of money. Did I? Because I don't know. Because I think like on Monday, I was broke. Wait, wait, wait. You say you bring $1,300 a, a, a week. And your yeah. bills were only 1100 Yes. So then you still had like three, $4,000 left. Right? Yeah, but wisdom is given to the, to the older. It's not to no, the elder. It's not okay. given to the younger. Okay, it's okay. Not given to like the younger. you were doing, especially at that age, you were doing pretty well. Yeah, and I actually, well, you know, I, I owned my home at that time. And, uh, but I was, you know, I was handing it out to my, to my then wife at the time, like it was water, like it was nothing. Like, oh, here you go, here you go, whatever. I left it on the dresser, okay. it's on the dresser. Go ahead, go do what you're gonna do. And okay. yeah, and so that is, you know, I'm saying that now to say it to for any younger, the younger generation that's listening that may be in that same type of position where they're making an abundance of money. And, yes, and I want you to, I want you to speak to me that you really can't, but to the younger me and tell me what would you have told me if I came to you with all your knowledge you have now say, this is what I make and this is what I'm paying out. What should I do? So I would make sure that you had um, a um, life insurance policy because um, especially if you're the breadwinner. You're trying to take me out already? Nope. <laughs> life insurance no. first. <laughs> if you're the breadwinner, then your income is really important because, you know, if you pass mm -hmm. away, then mm -hmm. now we don't have any money. Okay. Then um, two, I would have been uh, making sure you had uh, put at least out of like a fourth of that would have been nice in, in your retirement. Um, so that would have been really good. And then we would have been setting up your emergency fund. Okay. See, I, I blame this all on my friends uh, back home. Uh, okay. uh, James Appleberry, Marlon, some, I'm a, it's a whole name out there. Steve Aaron, they were all buying fancy cars, right? Okay. So I wanted a fancy car. I wanted to keep up with the Joneses, whoever that may be at right. the plant. And, you know, we were all were pretty young. So that money was just blowing. I mean, I would get it on Friday and on Tuesday, I'm looking around like, man, what do I do? I'm trying to figure it out. Like, what did I buy? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you were young, though. So that's, yeah. that's how it goes for a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. Some days I ain't even say nothing to my wife. I just got like, hey, you know, everything's great. <laughs> like, I can't right. wait to fry. 